And thank you to the kids. It's always good to see them get up here and get to sing a little bit for us. And uh, I'm just uh, happy that we can do that. I'm happy you guys are here today too. Are y'all happy to be here? Yeah? Maso menos? More or less? Good. Well, it's good to see you guys. Hey, um, wanted to tell you one other thing that uh, if you like tamales, um, they're, the teens are going to be selling some of those by the dozen after the service today. So catch them for a fundraiser for NYC. They're going to be going to Florida this next summer. And uh, it's not cheap. Um, I know because I'm sending two. So please buy a lot. Of, I'm just kidding. Whatever they have. Hey, um, how many of you guys remember Ripley's Believe It or Not? Do you remember that? Been a while, right? Um, I'm going to start in, I should have said this in the beginning, I'm going to start in on the message today, but I uh, wanted to remind you that the notes for the message are in the church's app. We're in the third Sunday of Advent, taking a break from Ephesians. We're going to get back to that after Christmas. And I was thinking about Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh, I remember growing up as a kid, they would tell these fantastical stories Ripley's Believe It or Not. And I remember one in particular about blue people. Anybody ever heard of blue people? They went through this whole thing about people who were blue in color, literally like a Smurf. And I was very interested in it because I was going to be a, a doctor. So the, the physiology behind that, like how does that happen and what happened? And um, the Ripley's Believe It or Not, I remember the whole thing. And he said that the capillaries that bring fresh blood that is red for that's most people, that's what you see. That's why we get the color we get. Partly that and pigmentation is you're seeing that. But the the um, vessels that carry the blood away from, you know, back to the heart after the oxygen has been used, that blood is typically blue. And for people who are blue, those vessels are closer to the surface. It was a very interesting thing. And then he ends with, believe it or not. If you don't remember that, just, you know, he doesn't care if you believe it or not. He's just telling you what it is and you can take it or leave it. That's what I'm, that's how I think about what we're going to talk about today. You know, believe it or not. I, I don't, we can't make you believe in Jesus. We can't make you believe that there was a baby who was born um, to a virgin Mary. We can't make you believe that God became human and came to this earth as a baby in the name of Jesus. Like we can't make you believe that. So it's like a, that needs to be a Ripley's believe it or not, right? Just a whole Christmas story, believe it or not. That's what I'm reminded of today. That, and that's how he always ended it. You know, there's some things in life that it doesn't matter if we believe it or not. It's true. We, it, it is, it's true or it's not true. You can believe it or you don't have to believe it. But when we're talking about Jesus and about what's going on, we are telling the truth. And um, we're going to be reading out of uh, Matthew today, uh, talking about John the Baptist. But I just, I, it, it reminds me of uh, something we were, do I do this every week? It's like something we talk about in Sunday school reminds me of what we're talking about. But we were talking about truth and how some people believe in truth and, and some people have a different version of the truth and they believe in things, but they believe in it the way they, you know, like, it, is, are they being dishonest in what they believe or in the truth. And there's such a thing as absolute truth, things that are just true, no matter if you believe them or not, if you like them or not, it, it just is. Now, a lot of things we can argue about and have discussions about. And, you know, if uh, the Cowboys are the best team in the NFL or not, like that's, you know, 
It's not as debatable as something else, but anyway, it's a joke. I'm just waiting on them to break my heart again. Seems like they do that every year. But uh, there's things that are debatable, things we can have discussions about, and some things that are just true. So today we're going to read in Matthew chapter 11, starting with verse 2, going through 11. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go into the desert? To, what did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you. You will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. It's, a, it's an interesting scripture, right? It's a story about John the Baptist. And, and we're going to talk some about John. We all know who John the Baptist is. He was Jesus cousin. He was born before Jesus. He was the one who went to herald the way that Jesus was coming. Um, you know, he is the, the, the one who was to, uh, that wore the crazy clothes and ate locusts and lived out in the desert. Like he, he was quite the character. So I want to start talking about this today. And the first thing I want to notice through verses two through five is that Jesus is the Messiah in both word and deed. And, and we'll get there. I'll, I'll tell you, um, John is in prison at this time, right? I mean, we get that because he, he says that it says that he's in prison. He'd been thrown into prison sometime earlier. Uh, he had been raising a fuss with uh, some of the, the Roman leaders and then got thrown in prison. So John, while he's in prison, he didn't really get to see the meteoric rise of Jesus' ministry. So while John was in prison, um, he begins to hear the stories of Jesus and what's going on. And, and he, he hears those things coming back to him. And so uh, as was true of the time, he had disciples, he had followers, people that he was uh, dealing with, working with and teaching. And so they would probably come to him and talk with him and visit with him. And so he sent some of them to find out if Jesus truly was the Messiah. And I don't believe John was being facetious in this or uh, trying to stir anything up. I really think that John was curious. Is he the guy? Is Jesus the guy, the one that was prophesied about in the Old Testament, the one that he had been heralding the way for? John, if you remember, right before he was, or, you know, not long before he was thrown in prison, we don't know exact timelines, but we suspect it was not long before John was thrown in prison. He was who baptized Jesus. And when he baptized Jesus, it says the, the dove descended and, Jesus, and God said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased, like a divine moment that John the Baptist got to 
witness. It would have been amazing. And so he's thinking, oh, this is good. This is going on. But now he's in prison hearing all the things, and he's probably saying, no, this isn't quite what I expected. This isn't exactly what I thought it would be, because there he is sitting in prison, and you can imagine a prison of the time with the damp walls and uh, poor conditions. Uh, The first month turned into two months, and then two turned into four, and then four turned into eight, and he's just rotting away in prison. The large crowds that he had been ministering to are gone now. They're just a memory. He's hearing these reports of Jesus. And I I wonder if John thought, why hasn't my cousin Jesus, why hasn't he done something to get me out of prison? Why hasn't he talked to somebody? Why hasn't, if he can do all these miracles now, listen, I'm taking some liberty here. This isn't in the scripture, but this is how I would be thinking anyway. Why hasn't he come for me? Why hasn't he talked to somebody? Why hasn't he tried to get me out? Eight months turns into 12. He's in there a year. 12 turns into 15, 15 into 18. And they think he was in there for about 18 months before he was killed. Listen now, when you're going through a period in your life like this, it's hard to believe that God is managing everything. You want to cry out, how long, God, will you forget me? This is John the Baptist. This is a relative of Jesus the Christ suffering in prison. So John calls some of his disciples and he says, hey, what's going on out there? I mean, I hear the crowds talking to him and and I I hear people um, talking about him and saying his name. The disciples said, hey, it's all true, man. These crowds, they're flocking to Jesus. But he's not like you. And instead of bringing like judgment that you spoke about, he's preaching mercy and forgiveness. You, you were a strong, rugged man. You avoided pleasure. But he's going to parties and he's eating with the sinners. Like he's different. He, he hugs kids and he makes the prostitutes feel welcomed. As far as we know, and it's obvious because he's still out, Herod hasn't arrested him. And that's what got John the Baptist in trouble for speaking out against Herod's marriage. He hasn't done that. Probably his disciples are saying to John, are you sure he's the one? He's nothing like you. He's not what we expected. Did we make some mistake? And I'm sure John said, no, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm convinced he's, he's the one. God pointed him out. Maybe there's another one. <laughs> Did we not understand? I don't know. So he said, hey, here's, just go to Jesus and ask him. Jesus, are you the one? Are you the one? Or is there one to come? We're not entirely sure things aren't what we expected it to be. Is somebody else coming to bring the judgment? Like you're bringing the grace and the, and the hammer's coming later? Like we don't, this isn't what I expected in terms of God's ministry for me. I'm sure what John the Baptist was saying. This isn't what I expected. So John, his disciples went to Jesus and told him what John had said. So they said, listen, we want to know the truth. And we'll go take it back to John. Are, are you the guy? Or is there somebody else to follow? And the scripture doesn't say any different. And I believe that they were, it was a genuine question. This is nothing like we expected. And John was the first prophet in 500 years. They had, nobody had been proclaiming 
the, the news of God as a herald like John for 500 years. Like he was the first one. It's been a long time. The way they understood everything at this point would have been very Old Testament. So they expected a Messiah to come in, you know, with a sword riding on a horse and to conquer everybody. It's just different. So I think it was an honest question. Then we get into uh, verses 4 and 5, and Jesus says, well, go back and report to John what you hear and see. So don't, don't take my word for Like, this is, listen, this is, what are you seeing here? Hey, guys, hang out for a little bit. Just spend a little time with me. What is it that you see? Don't, don't report what I said. What is it that you see? The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. Like there's some serious things happening here. What is it that is going on that you see? So they believed. One of the things that caught me here was he said, um, the good news, the gospel is being preached to the poor. Didn't just say it was being preached. It was being preached to the poor. And, and what's significant about that is Jesus was reaching people that society didn't care about because status is what was important to, and still is to society. But to Jesus, it was not. To Jesus, what was important was the poor, the marginalized, the people who were left out. He was including people. And Jesus knew that John knew the scripture. This is why he said it the way he did. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, leprosy is cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is preached to the poor. If, if John knew the scripture like Jesus knew he did, then he would know Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Catch that? He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release darkness from the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. So John's looking back at the words of Isaiah the prophet and saying, oh, see, Jesus was smart in the way that he did it. And in our men's Bible study, we're talking about witnesses, two witnesses. So Jesus is telling the disciples, well, you guys are a witness to what you see, but the scripture, Isaiah, is also a witness to what's going on. He'd been in for a long time, probably about 18 months. How much longer is John going to languish in these cold, dark walls? His faith has kept him alive, remembering how God had partnered with him, and, and he had been doing God's work, and the the heavens open and God's voice being heard. He remembers those things. Sometimes when our circumstances are not what we expected, we have to remember the goodness of the Lord. Sometimes things are going to get hard. It's going to get tough. You're going to feel like you've been left out, like you're lonely, like things aren't what you expected, like nothing's going like you want it to, but remember the goodness of the Lord. Remember the time that God did something for you. Remember the time that God spoke to you. Remember the time that something good was going on. 
And then he keeps going. He said, he pronounces a blessing. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. God blesses those who faithfully do the work that he has called him to do. Those who don't believe will stumble. We have to hold strong to the faith that that God is who he said he is. And, And being blessed is not it's not receiving a new house or winning the lottery. Whoo, I got blessed with that lottery. Like that's, that's not the blessing that he's talking about here. Being blessed is linked to the knowledge that God will guide us and be with us. That's the blessing. We have twisted blessing to be some kind of physical endowment of something, of wealth or prosperity or relationship or whatever. Now those can be blessings, but that's not the intention. It is, is being blessed is the knowledge that God is working to guide us and to direct us, to move us into the right way, to walk with us where he wants us to go. We're not doing this alone. We are blessed that God is with us. That's what he will take care of everything in our lives. In Matthew chapter six, a little bit uh, before this, he's talking about the um, people worry. Why are you worried, man? Even the sparrows have all the things taken care of. Won't he take care of you also? Like he will take care of you. Every need will be met. But then we have to decide what is it we need? Do we need the boat? (laughs) One day I'm going to get a boat and y'all are going to know about it. <laughs> do we need the boat or do we just want the boat? If I got a boat, man, I was, God, you bless me. Thank you for this blessing, right? I would, that would be, it would be amazing. I would love it. But it's not a need. It's not a necessity. It's not something that I have to have. What I have to have is God walking with me. I have to have the knowledge of Jesus Christ as the Messiah, It keeps going on. Um, And John's disciples were leaving in verse 7. Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. So his disciples are walking away and Jesus starts to talk about John. John was the forerunner to the Messiah. John would die before Jesus did. So he wouldn't get to experience all of the fullness of, of the kingdom that the people would experience. So John, Jesus uses John as an example of what it means to be blessed. I'm sure John didn't expect to spend nearly two years in prison at the end of his life right before he was beheaded. That was not part of his plan. So Jesus begins to speak about him and he says, what did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go to see? A, a man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. Ah, he's a prophet. And I tell you more than a prophet. This is the one, Jesus is declaring, this is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. So Jesus is speaking about who John was to the crowd as his disciples were walking away so they also could take that and say oh John you'll never believe what he said about you it's uh, he said that you are the guy 
the messenger that was sent ahead of the Messiah. Not only that, but the prophet Isaiah spoke words that are coming true through Jesus, the Messiah. God promises to guide us. He shows how the opportunity, that he uses this as an opportunity to show how the kingdom of God works because he says in verse 11, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there's not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, is saying about John the Baptist, there is nobody greater than him. No one. I mean, and think about the prophets, Isaiah and Moses, who led the people out of Egypt, and um, Elijah, who didn't even die, was taken in it. Like, we're talking about some giants of the faith, right? He says about John the Baptist, there is nobody born of women greater than this guy. But he follows it up with, yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. <laughs> what? You mean you can be greater than the one Jesus declared is the greatest to ever live? That's crazy. How is that even possible? This is how Jesus was trying to introduce to them the kingdom of God. It's all different. It's not what we expect. It's not who can rise to the top. It's not who is the greatest of all. It is who can be the servant of all. We can't jockey for position in the kingdom. We can't, we shouldn't jockey for position in our spiritual life. And we shouldn't do it in our, in our physical life if it's putting people under our feet. We have to be a servant. We have to be, to understand that we are the least. If we want to be the greatest, it's all different. It's topsy-turvy. It makes no sense. We have to be willing to surrender and embrace Jesus' way of life in order to be blessed. You cannot be blessed unless you surrender. You can't have control unless you give him control. Like we could go on all day. It's a, it's a spiritual um, thing that is just almost impossible to understand unless you're in it. We can know nothing unless we walk in Jesus, then we know everything. <laughs> this could be a fun game. Like, it's backwards. Everything is backwards. We have to surrender, embrace Jesus' way of life to be blessed. Being blessed is not financial gain, remember. It is him walking with us. And God doesn't force us to believe or follow him. He's given us free will to either accept or reject him. We can choose. And this is where Ripley's Believe It or Not comes in. Either believe him or don't. He's not going to force you. He can't make you. Now, you may have people in your life that you're trying real hard to force. You have to believe. I've began to pray, God, would you give them an encounter with you like I had? God, would you break their hearts? Encounter them. You, he encountered me. 
I encountered, I mean, like in a way that was, you guys have heard, it's, it was, it was devastating and awesome all at the same time. We have to have an encounter. He's not going to cause us to follow him. You can choose. The world's way is different from the way of the Messiah. We get to choose which, which way we go. Are we going to follow him or are we going to follow the world? Despite the things that Jesus said, despite the miracles he performed, people still did not believe. And today we have people who still do not believe. And if you want to get into the evidence of who Jesus was, there, is, there have been studies done. There have been books written proving the existence of Jesus and proving his resurrection. Like over 500 people witnessed Jesus alive. This scripture tells us that. After his death, not like just saw him alive, like a lot, of more, pe- a lot more people saw him alive than that. But I'm talking about after he died and was raised again, over 500 people. In fact, so much so that in any court of law, we would be able to prove that Jesus was raised from the dead. It's, and people still choose not to believe. For those who do believe and surrender, he promises to guide and direct their lives, to bless them. Proverbs chapter three, trust in the Lord with all your heart, Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Everybody knows that scripture, I think. But we have to trust in him. So God's blessing means means that we receive God's grace and live under his care. He walks with us. He shows us. He doesn't just say, here's the path, follow it. He says, Here's the path. Do you see it? Let me walk with you. Sarisa and I were going, she had to do something the other day. Um, I don't even remember what it was. We've been real busy. I'm sure you all have too, Christmas time. We kind of sometimes feel like ships passing in the night, you know. So she was going somewhere and I said, I'm just, let's just go together. Let's, I'll just go with you. Because the only time we get to spend sometimes is running an errand in the car together, whatever, you know, and we talk and, and we like to be together and we like to spend time together. And I believe that that's how Jesus is with us. Like he doesn't just send you to the store. He says, Hey, I'll go with you. Like, here's a path. You know where you got to go. Here's your list. Take the list with you. But you know what? Why don't I just go with you? Well, you got the list. I've showed you the path. I'll walk with you. Let's do this together. You are blessed. Right? That's, that's what it is. That's how, that's how Jesus is for us. So just here as we wrap up, um, four things, and these are all in the, the notes on the app also. God blesses those who put their faith in Jesus the Messiah. Jeremiah, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. If you put your faith in Jesus, you will be blessed. God blesses those who follow God's word. In Proverbs, blessed are those who listen to me watching daily at my doors, waiting on my doorway. If we will follow his words. God blesses those who serve others. Very important. In Acts chapter 20, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, 
it is more blessed to give than receive. We must be giving, serving, helping. It's what we do. And finally, persevere. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. If we persevere, he will bless us. So let's not twist what blessing is. Remember that it is walking with Jesus. And um, in this season of Advent, our joy, and that's today's theme, joy, our joy is found in Jesus the Messiah. And it's amazing that he will walk. I just, man, sometimes I get overwhelmed by the thought. He will walk with me. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to do this alone. Will you walk with Jesus? Will you choose him today? Let's pray. God, this morning we are, man, we are overwhelmed by your goodness to us. We are grateful that you walk with us in everything. That to be blessed means, God, that you have showed us the way and will go with us and we can walk in the knowledge of knowing you. And I pray that you would help us. Help us to persevere. Help us to serve others. Help us to stay with you. I mean, I think about Jesus and the way Luke records it in Acts is, I mean, uh, excuse me, Paul records it is that he says, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather set that aside. Like he became a servant. <laughs> it's amazing. And we thank you for that. So during this Christmas season, help us remember Jesus. We do, there's a lot of talk about Jesus, the infant, but help us remember Jesus, the adult, the teacher, our savior who showed us what it means to be a servant to all, that we can take that lesson during this season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.